The thing is, like, and particularly with women, I think our personal and professional lives are so inherently intertwined. Um, and, you know, platforms and discussions tend to be siloed into like, this is personal versus this is professional. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 165. With us today, we have Rebecca Bastian, CEO and co-founder of OwnTrail. Rebecca Bastian is an entrepreneur, writer, artist, tech executive, mentor, wife, mother, and aerial acrobat. She is the CEO and co-founder of OwnTrail and was previously Vice President of Product and Vice President of Community at, and Culture at Zillow. Rebecca is the author of Blaze Your Own Trail, is a contributor to Forbes, and is a frequent speaker on social impact, career navigation, and corporate diversity. Rebecca Bastian, thank you for being on my show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. You're calling from Seattle, right? That's right. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so, uh, you know, I can't wait to hear about your journey all the way from, you know, your college years to becoming a VP at Zillow uh, after 15 years of being there, both of product and community. And I'd love to understand how the two things are intertwined because both of them seem so crucial today, especially, you know, as community people have been talking about building a community within culture within companies for so long. So I'd love to hear about this journey all the way to uh, writing a book, Blaze Your Own Trail, and to founding a company Way too much to go over in 20 minutes, but we'll try. Rebecca, take me back to your college days because you actually have a pretty interesting story starting from your college days. So I, I think I went to five colleges total. Wow. I Yeah. <laughs> the, first one, the first one was a small liberal arts school in high school, and I actually failed out of that. I went for music um, and just, just wasn't feeling it at the time, I guess. wasn't was didn't really have my act together. And... Um, and then after that, I moved up to Seattle with an ex-boyfriend and after working for, for here, ended up enrolling in the community college, um, actually went to a couple different community colleges here and then wow. transferred into university of Washington for undergrad mechanical engineering. And then ultimately ended up also getting my master's in mechanical engineering from UC Berkeley. So a lot of educational trans- Right. So, you know. On one hand, you're saying an entrepreneur and a published author, a, a VP at Zillow, one of the most well-respected companies and startups uh, in the United States and the world, uh, going to five different colleges and failing out of the first one. Talk, what, what was that about? Talk, what, what, what happened there? Well, you know, I think um, it's all part of the winding path. You know, that's something that um, I've certainly lived my whole life is that it, it hasn't been linear and it hasn't always been intentional even you know where I ended up but that's that's what I think is important to talk about and um you know I think when you dig into a lot of people that you might think are you know in successful places in their lives it turns out that it's not always linear and um I think that being authentic about that has like so many times when we're in one of those kind of rough patches or screwing something up or, you know, some, something's not feeling in our head, we look around and we see what seems like a bunch of really kind of polished end results, we can feel like we're getting it wrong because of that, that winding. So one of the things that I've tried to do in, you know, in the conversations I have and now in what we're building with own trail is, is really kind of 
embracing that unwinding journey because it's it's not wrong. It, it leads to some really interesting places. Amazing. Okay, so before we go on to this winding path, nonlinear career pathways, and, and overall mentorship uh, within Own Trail, I'd love to talk a little bit about your experience with Zillow. Uh, you know, Zillow, it's one of my favorite companies. I, I, I mean, it's it's, I, I've loved the transition that's happened. And, and back at Stanford, I, I actually spent quite a meaningful time with some of the machine learning team to understand a little bit better about the Zestimate and, and what's happening there. But I'd love to hear, what was it like spending 15 years at a fast-growing company, going to, to be a VP of product and VP of community? So, so talk to me about the whole experience, but then also these two positions that you've held. Yeah, I mean, short answer, it was super fun. <laughs> I, was, I was one of the first employees. It was salt startup when I started there, wow. and um, which is exciting in and of itself, you know, living, living more about it again now in, in a different way. You know, we, we grew in some, some really meaningful ways, you know. Also, not totally whether we tried something, you know, kind of, you know, made, made some different turns and what, what we were building and how, but like a lot of it was just, you know, we had kind of guiding from the beginning and a really meaningful space to be working in, you know, around housing. And it was really fun to, to grow with the company. And, you know, when I started there, I was, I went for a couple of few years before that, but I was still pretty junior in my career. And so I started as, you know, pretty, pretty junior program manager. And then kept saying yes to things and raising my hand and trying new things and working on a lot of different areas of the product and starting initiatives and, you know, grew through into the VP of product role and loved that. It was really fun. But then um, what I, what I ended up doing after a while and I started taking on just a lot of side projects that were really aligned with what I was passionate about so that was really, you know, thinking about how we create social impact in our building and how we, um, you know, create more diversity in our tech org and how, you know, we had this great culture from the beginning organically, but we, how do we foster that as we really grow into a bigger company? And so, right. I really, what were some of the, like, the, the biggest memories that you've had? Like looking at those 15 years, some of those, like the big aha moments or highlights that you've had within this incredible startup. Well, um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is the friendships. I ended up with just long friends there and really incredible people that, that I have the honor of working with. Um, the mobile apps were really cool. That was you know, took on as a side project when the iPhone first came out. Wow. I worked with some, some developers on, you know, what would be Zillow's first mobile app. And we just did it on the side for about a year. It really took off. And ultimately, I ended up getting to be the first... Um, product manager for, for our mobile initiatives and really leading a lot of that. And that was really exciting. Um, and then, yeah, starting the community and culture team was really exciting because that was, the, you know, that was a brand new team and a new initiative as well. That was really all side passions into an entire new area of my career. So what, what, so what, it, what does entail the role of a VP of, of culture and community? Um, so the way that, you know, it, it basically, I, I, created this vision for what that team would look like and was able to hire a really phenomenal around it. And the vision was really kind of um, had equity and belonging at its core. So like from the ground up, it was really about creating equitable opportunities and just basically they belong in the workplace. And, and um, from there kind of layering on like the ways that we culturally engage with each other and in our communities. 
from there, really thinking about how we can be leveraging people's unique skills and passions to solve bigger social issues through our business and products. So it um, it was a little bit unique structure, kind of based on on my background and skills, but it it was a really um, just incredible learning curve, incredible opportunity to to make a difference in the organization. And I was able to hire an amazing team that I really learned a lot from. So the idea was that as VP of culture and, and, and community, this was internal within Zillow. How do you foster creative collaboration uh, within Zillow? So what, what some insights can you share with, with me as a young entrepreneur and my friends who are watching this about creating a sustainable and healthy culture within a diverse community? You know, obviously today and, and, and throughout 2020, this whole notion of diversity and, and acceptance and, and culture has been so monumental to, our, to all, all of our lives and, and for everyone here. So what are some things that, that you learned throughout this, throughout these years at Zillow that I can take on with me? You know, a lot of kind of our philosophy behind, you know, how we, how we build and structure this, uh, it, none of this work is something that can be like carried out and done by a single team or by a few people. It really needs to be part of the company's culture. And so we're really focused on creating pathways for engagement from employees. So it's really saying like, you know, fortunately, we didn't have the problem of trying to get people excited about this work. <laughs> Enthusiastic employee base who really wanted to do, to do the right thing. That, you know, that was part of our core values and people really loved that. And so it was more about like in the past for people to use their unique skills and their passions and get involved in the way that kind of, you know, feels right to them in order to um, Everything from just, you know, everyone learning how to apply an equity lens to the, the business that they're doing to, you know, people getting involved with um, leading our affinity works or culture committees or, you know, working on social impact products or, you know, all these different pathways for people to do that. And I think that's a methodology that probably applies to different companies, but also a lot of different community efforts. And, um, you know, anytime you have a group of people that, that are change, then it's about kind of creating those pathways to do so in a way that really brings people together to, um, to, to create that change. Wonderful. Okay. So you go and you write your own book and it's a different type of book, right? It's not just starting in page one and finishing on the last page and reading through the whole thing. You kind of jump around and it talks to me a little bit about this book and how that inspired you to then create your, your own venture, uh, own trail. Yeah. So the book Blaze Your Own Trail is it's an interactive exploration of women's life paths. And so it uses the, the kind of choose your own journey format, which, you know, is childhood um, choose your own adventure books. And which means that, you know, you, the reader, are the person going through the story and you make a decision at the end of each chapter that tells you where to go to next. So essentially the whole table of contents is this big decision tree. And wow. there's all these different pathways. There's 19 different endings. 19 to, yeah 19 yeah. different endings to a book yeah I, I, you know I, I have to say that I just finished writing a writing a book myself that will be published oh. hopefully uh, in next week or the week after and I could barely think of one ending so I can't even imagine <laughs> what it's like to think of 19 well, and I it's a non-fiction so it should have been pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> well congrats on finishing the book that's that's super exciting um yeah, I think, you know, coming from that that product manager kind of background, I think thinking trees. So it comes kind of natural. It's free, but <laughs> but yeah, it was really fun. It's really it's trying to, you know, create the experience of like the different decisions we make and professionally as women 
and it weaves a lot of data into it as well. So it is this fictional plot line, but with data, you're really kind of creating that sense of solidarity that might feel like they're less common because they don't get talked about as much, but in fact are, you know, there's some really shared experiences in there and kind of create the solidarity of knowing that we're all going through a lot of those similar things and that, you know, while, you know, oftentimes the outcomes of our decisions and aren't what we necessarily thought we wanted, like we can be okay and we can find our, our happiness through all the different twists and turns. Wow. So how, how long did this whole process take from this idea of Blaze Your Own Trail until the day that it got published? Um, so I wrote the first draft about five months. And um, around the time, like shortly before I was finishing the first draft is when I signed a contract with my publisher, Barrett Cole. Um, and they were amazing. I had a, my, my editor there, Anna, was really incredible, and the whole team was really incredible. So I had a really positive experience with that. So the contract still it came out was a year. Now, during that year, you know, I went through all the different editing and, and rewriting stuff, and then there was a waiting period, and the period is when Own Trill was born. I started thinking about um, how I might create, you know, what I thought would be a book launch website, um, maybe something about trails that different women have blazed, but it ended up really taking on a life of its own pretty quickly. Um, we really found some important thing and some big ideas for solving them around, you know, what mentorship has traditionally looked like and what it could look like if, if we were able to, to scale. I and countless other women get asked to, to go to coffee and share what our journey has been by young know, women who, who really want to hear those experiences and get advice and it just it doesn't scale. We can't say yes to everybody. And oftentimes, you know, we as women, and especially women who hold different, multi-different identities, um, don't always have people in our immediate purview that that look like us. That we that, and that can be really valuable to see. And so, what we're doing is really creating a scalable platform that is an aggregate of what we call micro acts of mentorship, which is women sharing the trail they blazed through connected milestones. And we're combining all of those trails together to be both this really rich um, content, you know, stories essentially, but it's also structured by data. So we're essentially going to be building out this huge neural network of life paths that can be used to really answer the question, provide the guidance and inspiration that women are looking for when they say they, they either want to mentor or want to be a mentor. Well, wow. okay. So, so, you know, I have to say first that, you know, reflecting back on this, on this idea of decision-making trees and there's sometimes this fear of making certain decisions and the different outcomes it can make. And I reflect back, I'm, I'm a huge Broadway fan and there was a show that I saw quite a few times called If Then with Adina Menzel. And, and the whole show was about this character who has to make some lifelong decisions. And, and the show kept going through different realities and showing what would have happened had she made those different decisions. But the, but the bottom line of the story was that by not making a decision or by being fearful of making a decision, then she was making some of the poorest decisions by not making them in the yeah. first place. And, and, and she was longing for that mentorship throughout the show. So about this need uh, that that own trail is trying to solve so I'm, I'm understanding that the idea that you're creating this big network of different of different pathways that people have taken you're creating this community of mentorship where women can seek mentors or they can offer mentorship to others what is the the, the pain point that that you're out there trying to solve that came as an inspiration through blaze your own trail 
I mean, there's kind of two sides of the pain points, right? Because on one side, it's like, you know, we we're worrying about our paths through life, worrying about how we're, we're going to get there. We need to see people who look like us in the places we aspire to. And we don't have, we don't always have that access to that. And honestly, even when you do that mentoring relationship, like you're never going to get everything you need from a single person, right? There's just so many different facets of our lives and um, different, you know, situations that it really, you know, aggregate inspiration really is so much more powerful. But like that, and then on the flip side is the fact that we want to be able to have coming up behind us. But, you know, the, the traditional ways of doing that just aren't scalable. So I can't say yes to every coffee, you know, even when I, even when I prioritize that. And so, you know, we, what we believe is that traditionally when women say they want a mentor or they want to be a mentor, they're really saying, I want to be able to solve problems I'm experiencing. Um, and, you know, 75% of women we know aren't solving those problems. They aren't giving or getting the mentorship they want. So Youth Own Trail is really reframing what mentorship can be in a way that reaches all women where they are, when they need it, and really both provides the, the of these different life paths, but then also provides the the action and the framework to really kind of navigate your own life and, and figure out where you're going and to navigate that through the power of community. What does that mean that 75% of women don't have the mentorship that they need? Well, basically from, from surveying them, like, have you, are you getting as much mentorship as you wish you were, or are you providing as much mentorship as you were? 75% say no, over 75% say no to both of those. And, and so, so, so what your thesis is that it's, it's a matter of accessibility that, you know, by building a community of givers and, and takers are, that are obviously each person is playing both sides of the market, right? Uh, you're able to create this, this accessibility network where, uh, where everybody can get the mentorship that they're looking for. Now, are these, is this mentorship specifically professionally? So th- these are professional decision-making or is this could be anything like I'm, I'm, I was thinking of going on a maternity leave, but I'm, I'm not really sure how my, my employer is going to take it. It's, I mean, the thing is, like, and particularly with women, I think our personal and professional lives are so inherently intertwined. Um, and, you know, platforms and discussions tend to be siloed into, like, this is personal versus this is professional. And so, you know, we're really trying to blow that idea open. And so, yeah, it is everything shared are, you know, it's, Yes, it's, it's different career obstacles that women have navigated and accomplishments. There's, you know, having children or fertility issues. There's mental health. There's grieving. There's self-doubt. There's unhealthy relationships. There's great relationships, you know. And it's really, it's, it's the culmination of all those milestones that really makes up what our real journey looks like. And it's not the, the perfect linear path that we might have expected. I love it. Okay, Rebecca, so, so two things before we go first. You know, reflecting back on, on the incredible experiences you've had going to five different colleges, and I'm calling that an incredible experience that probably very few people have. So, and I'm sure that there's a lot to take from there as well, uh, all the way to, uh, you know, being VP at Zillow and working there for 15 years to writing a book to your own company. What are some really key takeaways that I could take from, from myself or from, or from my friends as we are just starting on our journey, right? Where, I mean, I'm, I'm just in college now. So what, what are some things that I should be keeping in mind that, that you would recommend for me? I really like this this framework that I recommend sometimes to people because it it is in terms of you know having your 
your eyes on some faraway vision. And it's really, you know, at any point in your life thinking about are the things in my life that are giving me the most energy? Like, where are my passions? What's fueling me? And what am I good at, right? And that's not necessarily like or the job titles you've had, but it's like, what are those inherent, sorry. No worries. Um, <laughs> what are those inherent kind of titles And where are you needed? And sometimes it's as simple as like, there's this job description and you apply to the job, but sometimes where you're needed is a little bit you know, it requires a little more creativity and, you know, you have to see that there's a problem to be solved and you're the person to solve it. But the, the advice really would be, you know, if you triangulate those three things, your skills and your passion and where you're needed and use that to really guide what, what you do and where you go next, I think that it will open up some really interesting opportunities and experiences in your life. I love it. Rebecca, right before we go, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time. This was really, really fantastic. I need three words that you would use to describe yourself. Um, I would say creative. Okay. Um, excited. <laughs> I, get, I get excited about a, a lot of ideas. And, um, well, hyphenated word, risk taker. Creative, excited, and risk taker. I love it. Rebecca, thank you very, very much. Own trail and blaze your own trail. And you also have a crowdfunding campaign that's active, and I believe it has a few days left. Well, by the time that this gets aired, it will already be over, but it'll be successfully over. And I think it's like, like right there, right? It's like right there. And yeah, we're, we're at 95% right now. So we're very- 95%. Close. Yeah, but I would, yeah, I would love for everyone, everyone listening that identifies as a woman to share your trail on owntrail.com. And everyone listening, the women that you know that are inspiring and ask them to do so and it's it's a group effort so yeah i love it rebecca thank you very very much and and uh, stay safe and stay healthy thank you you too thanks for having me